Welcome to the Aon Investment Podcast. We're joined today by Tapan Data, Head of Asset Allocation and Investment Expert at Aon. Tapan will be taking us through all the trends he expects us to see throughout 2020. Tapan, welcome to the Aon Pensions Podcast. Good to be here. Can you start by telling the listeners a little bit about your role? So I head up the Global Asset Allocation Team at Aon. Uh, that's a kind of fancy term for um, essentially saying that we are looking at uh, financial market conditions uh, as we go through kind of business cycles and, and difficult and easy market conditions over time. And we essentially advise our clients in terms of just the way they invest and where to invest and whether this is a good time for something or a bad time for something. So 2019 has been quite a buoyant year in the markets. Everything seems to have done well, although it didn't look quite so good at the start of the year, did it? What do you think drove the markets to do so well? Yeah, it didn't at the start of the year at all. And yes, to the answer, the global equities are currently up over 20% in the year. But the thing is, we've got to be a bit careful here because we've got to allow for the fact that the previous year, that's 2018, has finished on a really sour note. So part of this year's move is just a bounce from pretty depressed levels. Uh, and even now, if you look at the chart, you'll see the global equities are only slightly above the levels they were at the start of 2018. But yes, if we look just at this year, yes, equities, guilds, credit, pretty much everything has performed well. And really the key reason for this is that central banks have essentially come to the rescue. Most notably, the US central bank, the Federal Reserve, which has got rates three times already. And in fact, I was looking this morning and central banks have delivered 32 interest rate cuts already this year. And really, all of this has helped risky assets. But if we look beyond risky assets, these lower interest rates have also boosted bonds. So they've lowered global bond yields, including those on guilt substantially. And that's why it looks like absolutely everything has done well. Picking up on the global slowdown you just mentioned, we heard much at the start of the year and over then over the summer about the arrival of a recession. We've heard less of this recently. But if equities are doing so well, doesn't that mean the threat is quite low or very distant? Yeah, recession fears have indeed eased, and this is also supporting markets. There is talk of a trade truce between the US and China, and all the central ease bank easing has, for the time being, probably stabilized the global economy. But looking a little bit behind the scenes, it still looks pretty fragile. The big drivers of the trade conflict remain with us. Debt levels are high and still rising. And central banks, perhaps this is the most important thing, central banks' ability to stimulate is low, given how low interest rates already are. And really, bottom line is the global economy still doesn't look in a very happy place. And it could still go wrong again, just as it did uh, earlier in the year. So one of the things we puzzle about is that markets just generally worry about things that look large or very immediate. And so just because markets are not worrying about about it now, it doesn't mean that it will remain this way. Uh, and bottom line is we're not really out of the woods. The very fact that bonds have done almost as well as equities this year tells you that risks are still out there. Otherwise, you wouldn't expect to see this happening. But it's not just this. You look within equity markets and you see that, uh, that the more defensive areas have had a much stronger year than the areas that are more sensitive to the economic cycle. Would you expect to see that if things were going really well? The, the conclusion here is it remains a pretty tricky and uncertain time. And does that influence your view on market conditions in 2020? Yeah, it does. So there are two ways you can look at it. 
One says that the central banks will continue to keep markets on an even keel. The other kind of half glass full view, if you like, or half empty view is that the problems I've just outlined will keep coming back or will just come back, maybe not early next year, but perhaps later in the year. And there is a way in which you can reconcile both these views because both have a kernel of truth. It may be that though conditions look temporarily stable, it may just be difficult to keep that stability going uh, as we look ahead to all of 2020. You know, the issue here is to us is that a renewed push upward in markets that is actually sustained seems actually quite difficult to come by. Yes, modest gains near term are perfectly possible, but room to keep gaining in markets is much more limited. And we also have to remember the historical context here. This is already the longest ever period of rising markets, now about 11 years, and also the longest economic expansion in history. And what does that mean for pension schemes and the trustees? What should they be doing in terms of coping with a tricky market environment? Well, look, if you are embarked on a de-risking course, as many schemes are, given improving funding levels for those who have high levels of liability hedging in place, there's no reason to deviate from this. Even if you believe that equities and other risky assets can still do well for some time, the point is that it just may not be worth taking a lot of market risk if schemes can afford not to. And there's another point, which is that the arguments for risk spreading at this time are good too, into areas basically less dependent on rising markets. Those asset classes that rely on income to provide a significant part of return may be helpful in this very low interest rate environment we seem increasingly to be locked in, like private real estate and infrastructure using a kind of global approach would be good examples. Uh, elsewhere, some strategies like alternative risk premia and macro hedge funds also benefit from the higher volatility that we are starting to see. So guilt yields are a bit higher than they were a few months ago, but they're still very low. Are we doomed to these very low yields continuing? Should we even suggest that the yields could go even lower? Let us put it this way. Ten years ago, even probably five years ago, if you would have been laughed at if you said that bank rate in the UK would be at less than 1% at the end of 2019. That's over 10 years since the last financial crisis ended. But that is where we are. Now, there are lots of reasons why we are where we are, like an aging population, the inability of economies to withstand much by way of rising interest rates, and the strong demand for safe assets like bonds from just about everybody. Now, if we are lucky, we will avoid going the European way and avoid their negative interest rates. But candidly, at this time, it is a bit of touch and go. And by the way, this is not just a Brexit thing. Yes, Brexit has been a factor in keeping UK rates so low, but the global trend is much the stronger driver because this trend is everywhere. As for rising yields, if we turn this around, it will take a very big shock globally to deliver any kind of sustained rise in yields. Yes, if governments launch a large fiscal expansion, yields might face some pressure. But you know what? We will probably find that if that happens, central banks will come in, buy bonds using QE and just drive yields lower again. So conclusion here is that even if we do see a modest rebound from in bond yields, it will probably be just that, pretty modest we seem to still be very much in a lower for very much longer interest rate environment. 
There seems to be an industry focus on ESG factors in portfolios recently, with a particular focus on climate change. How important is that as a portfolio theme today? Look, this is an important focus, and it is right that it is so. You can look at it in terms of a broad ESG focus. That is absolutely fine. But from a risk timing point of view, uh, I think that portfolios need to reorient sooner rather than later towards something that is, frankly, less exposed to the E, so the, the environmental risks that increasingly seem to be arising from the effects of climate change and some of its spillover effects. Now, it is true that we do not know precisely what rising global temperatures and sea levels will do to economies. This is not really predictable in scale or timing, but it is unlikely to be good. So it is common sense to be focused on risk mitigation to portfolios. That is enabled by bringing them into portfolio construction in an integrated way. And regulation is in, in any case forcing the issue, isn't it? But, you know, turning this around, you have to say that some of these, these trends present opportunities too. So let's not forget the positive aspect of it. A focus on approaches that benefit from the reorientation of the global economy towards a more sustainable pattern of resource use does potentially bring opportunities, winners and losers at the company level. And it would be nice to have more winners than losers in portfolio terms. And Brexit itself, where are we on this? Well, the bottom line here is that Brexit uncertainty is just unlikely to end particularly soon. I think there are more swings and roundabouts to come. And we may avoid, you know, massive market turmoil on the back of Brexit risks. But it's unlikely that the uncertainty will go away simply because you could argue that we are entering some of the most difficult phases in Brexit because we'll now have to negotiate a long-term future for the UK within the EU context. And that's not going to be easy. So what to watch, Sterling? Because that is the most impacted on the Brexitometer. Now, we had expected a recovery in Sterling, which is occurring. But here's the bad news, which is that the volatility in the pound is unlikely to end. And just finally, from the perspective of the Global Asset Allocation Team at Aon, we will be discussing some of these topics in the forthcoming Aon Pension Conference series starting in February. So please watch this space. Tapan, thank you for sharing that insight into the next 12 months ahead.